0: Adam Hadaway and the Haunters have just released their new album, Bug Eyes. It's the fifth album for the Christchurch-based band, although Adam has been spending quite a bit of time in Auckland, where he performed with an all-star band for the come-together Damn the Torpedoes show. The Haunters then joined him for a record release show at the wine cellar. So how was the come-together Tom Petty experience for the young rocker? I
1: was good to have a break from my band, actually.
0: I'm sure they'll love to hear that.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, like, you know, you just get, you just get sick of them. And then, so you get to play with some other people. And, <laughs> up. and
0: and how did you determine, who determined for you or did you, what songs you were going to do and blah, blah, blah.
1: Um, I sent forth my favorite Tom Petty songs. And then I, they just, um, con, uh, you know, like worked it all out alongside all other songs people wanted to sing and um, I, I got to do. I don't I like all the songs. There's just like not a Tom Petty song I don't like. So right,
0: uh, right, yeah, it's going to be a worked
1: it real well. But I got to do some of my. I got to do my favorite ones. Really, so it was so good.
0: So if I'm you were, good. if personally, I'll put you on the spot here. If you were going to have to just you on your own play a whole album all the way through like that, what album would you choose?
1: Um, well, I probably. I wonder because I'm thinking about what ones I know. Um, I probably know eight out of ten songs off Van Morrison's Moon Dance already. All so right. Could, so that's probably at the best start. One. And then, um, maybe like, um, does a live album count? Sure. You know, Live at the Harlem Square Club, Sam Cooke.
0: Oh yeah, definitely.
1: That's like the best album ever. You and copy like, back songs, there somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> like you would do. Uh, most of those songs are like stone cold classics, and yeah, yeah, and have just. Lasted all this time, and they're so fun, and that album so powerful, and maybe that one.
0: Cool. Alrighty. Now we got that out of the way. Now, Bug Eye. Uh, yeah. I love the name because I had a friend of mine in college and university back in the day. Her name, we called her Bug Eye, and her, her, and this other girl who was Rhonda, the punk rock queen. They were like inseparable. So it was.
1: Well, Bug Eyes was so, what so. we called. Oh right.
0: Okay. So and why is that?
1: There's a couple of reasons. One, if you listen to most of our albums, you'd just have normal eyes. But if you listen to Bug Eyes, I think you'd be like that. <laughs> and then, and then um, Gina, um, our, my girlfriend and our manager, my mum said she has Bug Eyes. And okay. so, I mean, that kind of maybe came across as a bit of an insult, but I thought it was pretty funny.
0: Yeah. Well, I felt the same way about my friend Bug Eye as well. I'm sure she felt differently.
1: <laughs> it was kind, of, it was kind of cute. And then um, I don't play many computer games, but the Captain comic was one from 1988. And there's all these um, characters and this one, there's this little guy that you got to shoot and he's a, he's called Bugger. Oh, Isaac. there you
0: go. Yeah, that's cool.
1: <laughs> so anyway, and there's no good reason. Not all of our album titles are stupid.
0: That would have been a great album cover. Just you holding that thing up to a screen like that.
1: Next time. On
0: the second pressing. Yeah. <laughs> great. So you, you, I mean, this is your fifth album already with you and and the band. You guys are on fire. Are you just like writing songs left, right, and center? What's going on?
1: Yeah, um, I mean, I guess it probably ends up being like one good enough song a month to release. So yeah, as I say, I don't have a day job, so I just like <laughs> That's play nice music, get it, <laughs> into songs, And Elmore writes a bunch of songs for the band as well,
0: right? And with five albums, do you, you, you are you at the point where you kind of see a career arc and a you, you need to kind of mix? Because I get the feeling that you are doing a little you know experimental things. There's a, dare I say reggae in on this album. So
1: well, <laughs> well that's it's just turned. If you are a um, New Zealand musician and you release a certain amount of albums, it gets to the point when there needs to be a certain reggae quota, right? Um, and you just have to do it.
0: you have like a discussion with the other guys it's like oh let's let's see what happens if we do the old chicka chick, you know the, the
1: uh, yeah you know? it was just like let's um play let's um play something different and um approach the songwriting a little bit differently by by building songs off uh, uh playing around with different grooves right so we just uh spend a lot more time jamming and then writing songs over top of that so it's kind of, I don't know. I think if you're going to do another, each time you do an album, I don't see the point of doing it if you don't either have something different to say or a different sound to make. So I think if, if, if nothing else, I think we could probably say that.
0: Right. And you got a guy, Thomas, who's producing with you, yeah. right?
1: Yeah, Thomas
0: yeah. So,
1: that's right. A highly prolific and highly skilled musician. He's, work, he's working with a lot of people. Yep. Um, did you see Mel Parsons? In all I did. He's the bass player in that band.
0: Yeah, that was quite a show.
1: Was it good? I would have liked to see it, but I was playing.
0: Yep, yep. So so what? why did you choose to work with Thomas? He's just around or what?
1: We've been mates for a while. Like he's he's sometimes in my band.
0: I thought he was, yeah. but I, I couldn't remember.
1: Changes all the time. It's quite um, incestuous here down in the
0: Very was, good. And was. he co-wrote a song with you, um, the eighth track. What was it called? The Ficious Insists?
1: the song to sing when you die alone and be so far from home. yeah well that's what happens when you get me and him together we just write weird stuff like that
0: then that's kind of a reggae thing but it's more like clash reggae than like you know yeah. lame reggae
1: yeah my no, thanks for saying that because the, we were thinking about the clash in the late 70s yeah we had music like that um yeah maybe that well maybe that one's more scar than rig. i don't know but it's got like it's just weird man
0: and and so i know you just did a gig here in auckland at the wine cellar how's the live shows been going people were like taking it up taking yeah. to the new stuff
1: yeah well um so let's so the, like you were t- asking about the Tom Petty shows before, it was real nice. Cause maybe if I hadn't just done that, I would have been a bit nervous about doing an album release show, right. there. but I just felt like I'd been playing so much and doing different things that I just didn't care. And so we went and did this show and it was just fun. And there were a nice amount of people. And I think, um, one, um, yeah, you know, I've been John too was there cause we, he was on the Tom Petty show yep. and, and, um, he's, such a nice guy. And he came along to our show and I, he said the one thing he said straight after me, he was after the show, he said two things. One was why are your audience members like 105 years old?
0: And, <laughs> that would be then,
1: me. <laughs> you know, just checks out. And the other thing he said was, um, I like the new stuff better. So oh, I, I like to think that maybe he speaks for everyone and that they took, everyone took the new stuff better.
0: Yep. Yep. Well, that's cool. So did you know him before you did the Tom Petty thing?
1: No. Huh? I mean, I knew music.
0: Yeah, yeah, but you so, but so
1: him. he's a lovely guy,
0: so it's got to be pretty cool for you to kind of be kind of lumped in with people like John Toogood and Diane Swan and you know, uh, Joel Mulholland and all those guys. Uh, so, uh, yeah. overall, just, what has that done for you? Your the way you think about yourself as a as a musician,
1: I don't know, I just like, um, I enjoyed hanging out with just <laughs> it was good to make some have some make some new friends, right? Right? right. completely lumped in. With them for the five days that we did the Tom Petty show. But um, yeah, I had, I had, I'd only knew Joel before then, and he, he recorded my second album. Right. And I hadn't met any of the others, but I got on so well with, with all of them, and they're all really, really great in, in different ways. And so, I was, yeah, it's good. It good.
0: Now you got a song on the album called Man of Action. It's got kind of a boxing ring announcer thing, and it's very punky. Tell me what happened there.
1: Ladies and gentlemen! Weighing in at 325 pounds. He is incredible. He is... outlier on the album so that that when the uh, record uh, when the records arrive which is any day now uh, that's going you know, to open tr- side 2 which i think is a nice kind of um you know yep um intro to that and um yeah that was that was Liam who plays in our band um he he just did that i don't know why he did that but we would we but as soon as he recorded it he was like you're going to put that on the record aren't you and i'm like oh yeah and so he's very embarrassed about that, but um, yeah, that song's just like coming from the perspective of someone who thinks they're so great, and he thinks they're being so inclusive and and um, bringing everyone together and creating opportunities. But really, he's just thinking of himself, and he's an arrogant prick. <laughs> he's, he's the name of equality, or something like that. But really, he's just like you know, deep down, they just know that I'm the man. Gotcha. And it's sort of, I've tried to make it sound like a classic blues brag, right? Well still making that message obvious but people probably look just hear at face value and think that i'm an arrogant pro
0: all righty so if that's the first track on side two the last track on side one will be imagination which is mm. much mellower vibe and is that it sounds like there's a trumpet in there or some kind of synthy fluty thing what's happening imagination.
1: Good question what is it like when i heard when we like did that i was like man I, as a teenager i would have hated um 28 year old adam for putting flutes and trumpet on a soft 70s sounding reggae track right but um i don't know <laughs> i just like it i think because the album most of the way is a pretty rockin party that this the mellowest song most mellow song needed to finish side one
0: yeah. And you, obviously, you're thinking in terms of side one, side two, vinyl, when you're making the record and all that. Yeah, so, are you an old soul?
1: Yeah, man. I'm as, like, as old as time.
0: <laughs> 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 and you got two versions. So, the album opens with a song called Salt and closes with Salt Part Two. Does that Ooh. make it a concept record?
1: Um,. I guess it could be in that sense, you know, I, cause the only, I know that there's a few albums that do that. And I always wanted to do that. Right. Scary monsters, David Bowie. Right. Starts, finishes with it's no game, which I thought was pretty cool. And I ever thought, yeah, if we don't have quite enough songs, we'll just do a second version of another one.
0: Very cool. So are you still on the road? Are you still doing more gigs or are you?
1: Yeah, we were in Auckland for so long. And then we only actually did the first show there, right? So the, the end of my Auckland time was, was finished with the first gig of my tour. And the one gig, yeah. Yeah, so but we've got another 10 shows, uh-huh. and it's just every weekend for the next few weekends. This weekend, we're playing at Le Bon's Bay in Banks Peninsula, and then the next weekend, we're going down south and going to Invercargill, Oamaru, and Ofa. So
0: Have you taken on a- the show on overseas yet? Have you played it?
1: Oh, for the first time, we're going to we're going to Melbourne oh. next this month for Ooh. for like five shows around around Melbourne and a little bit outside of, so that'll be fun.
0: It'll be interesting, cool, yeah. Because I went to this Americana Fest thing uh, in Nashville about a month ago, and I thought it'd be great to have a, a they have an Australian night there for Americana Fest in Nashville. I thought we well we could blow them away with a Kiwi night.
1: Yeah, man. What was the, What's the what's it called? Americana it called? Fest oh i didn't know about that and, and uh, course- tammy
0: Nielsen played there this year but
1: uh
0: but, but i think we should just get everybody to come over and just in, invade the u.s they, yeah, they yeah. won't know what hit them
1: <laughs> yeah i know right there's a lot of well there's a lot of bands from here that would do
0: very well yep song. yep yep so are you thinking long term are you thinking about the number six album yet or what
1: yeah that's all recorded is it
0: oh man yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're out of control <laughs> <laughs>
1: We're doing number seven, and we're recording number seven in March. You, but then we're going to stop for two years. So enjoy it well. I was last.
0: going to say, you're going to give Troy Kingy a run for his money.
1: Oh, yeah. I think, yeah, well, it's a race to the finish line. <laughs> uh, you're going to
0: finish, retire when you're 30? Yeah. Yeah, good idea. Let me tell you.
1: Fast the fruits of my labor and just all just, I'm going to fill a bath full of money and jump into it and eat raw oysters in the bath full of money.
0: I like the good plan. Excellent. It seems reasonable too. (laughs) All righty. Very good. Well, thanks a lot. Hopefully all these shows go well that uh, you got coming up. And I can't wait to hear number six and seven.
1: Yeah. Hey, always good to see you, man. You too. Have fun. Thanks, man. See you later.
0: Bye-bye.